0: and welcome to Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. Brought to you by TicketS Picket, the official ticketing sponsor of the NIAAA. I'm Dr. Danielle O'Point, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith. Dustin, would you like to go ahead and introduce our guest today?
1: Oh, man, I'm excited about today, Danielle. I'm glad we're here and get to visit with a, a guy that I've gotten to know through the NIAAU leadership, uh, executive leadership cohort. Uh, Cole Canyon is an AD out in Washington, uh, and I've gotten to know him through this this leadership po- uh, cohort that we went through, and got to really just learn how he leads and how things are different um, in Washington, but also the same uh, for what I'm doing in, in Arkansas. So uh, I got I got a good friend, and excited to to have this podcast, Cole. I'm excited to have you on our podcast, and for those who are listening. And they're maybe geographically challenged. Let's talk about where you are in Washington, where you are in the state and what
2: that looks like for you as an athletic administrator. Well, thank you guys for uh, having me on here. I I said at the start of this thing that if this is the only way I get to hang out with Dustin, I'm in. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) his standards clearly are very high. (laughs) And Danielle, it's great meeting you, even though it's over Zoom. I can't wait to connect in person at some point, too. So
0: Yeah, that would be great.
2: In Washington, I, if you put a bullseye over the state of Washington, we are smack dab in the center of the state. So about two hours from Seattle, three hours from Spokane, um, you know, about four hours from, well, about three hours from our southern border, about four hours from our northern border. So um, we're generally in farmland of Washington on the east side of the Cascade Mountains. So we have all four seasons. It's not always rainy like it is in Seattle. So, um yeah, we get cold winters and hot summers, and uh, much much of our area is farmland, for sure. Well, let's define, because Danielle lives in Florida, let's define cold winters and hot summers, <laughs> so she knows just kind of where we're at. <laughs> so, All right, so definition of a cold winter, we had zero degree temperatures. Uh, well, maybe not. I mean, single-digit temperatures this winter. Uh, And then this last summer, we had a stretch of about a week where it was 115 degrees. So uh, that's That's not usual. 115 (laughs) is not usual. It's normally in the upper 90s, you know, 95 to 100. That's probably pretty normal in the months of July and August. So
1: is it humid there or is it just straight heat? Dry, really dry. Dry, yeah. Well, it's... for for me, I mean, I've gotten to visit with, with Cole through a, a multitude of Zooms. Um, we got to meet in person at the state coordinator summit that we never, I mean, we hadn't met in person. I didn't know Cole had arms and legs until we <laughs> met uh, in person in in Indianapolis, but I've gotten to, to see how Cole works and got to see how Cole's mind works. And I'm excited just to visit with him about some of the stories that are on his in his world they are a little different than maybe what, what we've experienced to this point. But what's cool about this podcast is it's all our stories and our individual stories. And so Cole's stories are his, and he lived these out. So I'm excited to get to dive into those. So Cole, what what story do you want to start us with as far as what you've dealt with, whether that's either being a young AD
2: or currently uh, what story is, is good for you? Well, it's funny. Like as, thinking about this and being nervous to follow up uh, yeah. uh, Becky Moran's story you know like just thinking about this it kind of made me reflect and see how 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 much growing through athletic administration is to growing through life right and and childhood and adolescence and, and adulthood <clears throat> i'm definitely not near adulthood in my what 11th or 12th year now but uh, you know as a young ad not knowing how to handle scenarios and and being really scared and then you know now being haven't done it for a lot longer scenarios are a little less frightening, but they're just as frequent as they were at the start. So.
0: Mind boggling. You're like, what?
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I guess the, the story that belongs to me as a young AD that uh, you know, I kind of shared a little bit ago was uh, I I had a young basketball coach and I was a first or second year AD and uh, my basketball coach and I were friends with the principal at the school with uh, that, who we were competing against. He was our former principal and actually he was the principal of my basketball coach while he was going through school. So uh, we all knew each other really well, but he was now our head basketball coach and he was frustrated with one of the officials call in a tight game. And so he throws his whiteboard pen onto the ground and uh, you know, it's, it's not the most strong pen. So it, it explodes a little bit, not, not like a bomb, but lid, lid flies off onto the court and, and it, the, the marker just so serendipitously rolls right over to the feet of <laughs> uh, the former principal, who's now the principal at this school that we're competing at. And so he picks this uh, marker up and, you know, obviously inspects it and it's leaking. And then before too long, we realized it had leaked all over his white uh, dress shirt that he was wearing at, at the event. Oh, well, one thing that was not discussed to start this is the uh, relationship that this this principal at this new school had with his former superintendent that was my superintendent at my school. And so things were not good. They did not see eye to eye on a lot of different things. So he felt it necessary to take his anger and frustration <laughs> out on his, his former student and uh, first, second year basketball coach and first and second year athletic director and uh, kind of made life life a little hectic for us for a while. And, you know, he's a big man, probably six, five, you know, two hundred two hundred fifty 250 pounds, I would say. And, uh, he liked to, to use that stature to, to intimidate a little bit, even though I think generally he's a very nice guy, but, uh, you know, kind of called me over and said, <clears throat> we'll deal with this later essentially, and in, in not so certain terms. And essentially the outcome of that was, uh, a sit-down meeting with my superintendent myself and my basketball coach we had two young guys who were sitting in the superintendent's office like we had just it was just like being in the principal's office you know (laughs) we were were in trouble and getting scolded and how we were going to make it right well we made it right by uh uh, buying a new new dress shirt for this guy and hand delivering it with a written apology and expressing our most sincere apologies uh for the incident happening itself but wait a
0: minute I need to make sure I understand what's going on so you have to buy the new shirt have like a little scolding meeting right apologize for a pen dripping that you did not throw
2: that's correct I did not <laughs> throw the pen <laughs> I did not throw the pen my friend and he was my friend and then, you know as a as a young a d not knowing how to handle a situation I would have done the same thing but it's he's under my supervisory role, I suppose. So uh, yes, though I did not directly throw the pen, it was definitely my responsibility to try and make things right. So
1: so let me ask this question, Cole. Is he still your friend? This said basketball coach. <laughs> he's still my friend. Yes. <laughs> and with that, would that go into the principal's office or the superintendent's office and having that discussion, what was that, Meaning, like i mean was there just a text message that said be in my office at eight in the morning or was it just he came and said hey come to my office right now we're having a discussion what was that that uh discussion like where you got hey i know this is getting real i'm going to meet with the superintendent right now
2: well it's it's a little hard to to describe for you guys because you can't feel the tension between that superintendent and her, it's a, it was a female and her former principal who left for this now new school. So there was, there was just that tension. I think that, you know, uh, they contrasted leadership styles so strongly that that was one of the main reasons why he chose to leave that school. So there's definitely some some extra emotion and feelings and thought and play as, as we're having this meeting. So um, <clears throat> it was a phone call. You know, it was. Hey, I need you to meet with me first thing on Monday or whatever day it was. I can't remember what night the game was on. And, uh, yeah, it was very much like a meeting with the principal's office, and I'm a rule follower. You guys, I did not spend a ton of time in the principal's office,
0: so <laughs> didn't handle it well. Uh,
2: no, so as a new AD, I'm shaking in my boots a little bit. I, you know my heart's racing about 150 beats a minute, trying to figure out am I fired or what for this? You know. And, well, and I think uh, that's
0: a great story to highlight because I think everybody can probably relate to you not having anything to do with the backstory or the chemistry or tension between, you know, people and the politics that kind of go into um, the athletic director job sometimes. And you're just standing there and you're like, let me go get you a new shirt. I'll be back. Like, It's it's crazy. They don't have that in the job description. And there you are doing it. it. And it doesn't just happen to you. It happens to everyone.
1: I, sure. I want to ask. I want to ask this question. Being in that meeting, and you know the tensions there. At what point was that a suggestion you made, the coach made, or the superintendent <laughs> made about buying another shirt? <laughs> How did it come to that point to where you decided that's that's what we're going to do? That's a what great Was it gift wrapped? <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> well,
1: was it gift wrapped?
2: <laughs> so, so being a second year teacher, third year teacher, coach, AD at the time you know, the pay was not outstanding. All right. So the principal and the superintendent obviously made like three times what, my, what I was making. So, so we get in there and it was very clear that the principal had demanded that we replace this shirt, right? The shirt was out of commission. And he demanded to the superintendent that we replace the shirt, figure out a way, don't care how it is, got to figure out a way. Which still wasn't your fault which still wasn't my fault. And it was a Nordstrom shirt. Okay. I, I shop oh. at Ross and TJ Maxx. I don't shop at Nordstrom. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we, uh, we figured out how to get him a Nordstrom shirt and, and buy it and replace it. But I mean, it was, like I said, it was very clearly demanded. Like this is, this, this is your mistake and you will replace my shirt. Okay. We'll figure out a way. I don't know how it's going to happen. So Did it was you your mistake.
1: Was...
0: for Sorry, Dustin, go ahead.
2: Yeah, it was your mistake for
1: him picking up a pen that was thrown on the floor by your coach and instead of holding it away from him or throwing it into a trash can, he just held it and got it all over his shirt. Correct. So you're replacing a shirt. Now, if it's from Nordstrom, did he have his initials on it or anything that you had to replace those <laughs> as well? That's a good question.
2: I don't know the answer to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, did, I want to know what your conversation was like with your coach after your meeting with the principal and after the, all that. Was there a, you will not be throwing markers or pens ever again type of statement?
2: You know, it's funny. Like, uh, I, I just used this statement the other day. Uh, one thing that has, I think, kept me in the profession of athletic administration is having a short memory. Like, I, I know I've taken a ton of abuse and I've forgotten half of it. So, uh, I don't remember the conversation that he and I had. It was not, I didn't know how to, how to, you know, handle a situation like that. Is it a scolding? Is it a suspension? Is it a, Hey man, don't do that again. Like this guy was my friend. We were both right around the same age and we're both two years into this gig. And so I was like, let's figure this out together. Uh, a you're going to get some bad officiating sometimes figure out a way to handle that. <laughs> to where you don't have to throw a stinking marker and get me in trouble you know <laughs> yeah and there was no i mean in arkansas sometimes that
1: happens and they give a technical foul because something goes on to the court if the coach misbehaves and um, in that fashion so that that's one thing that i would think through but as, as you look back on it now do you think you would have changed? I mean, that obviously that conversation you don't remember. Do you think you would have changed how you approached that,
2: um, either with the superintendent or with the coach? One thousand percent, yes. <clears throat> like <laughs> we're talking about a tiny little marker, okay, causing this huge, <laughs> huge ordeal. And at the time, it was life or death, right? It was like <laughs> this is either my job or this is like I'm gonna get fired. I know I'm gonna get fired.
0: But, oh, I love that you put it that way because so many '80s have felt what you're you felt in that time and and, in the grand scheme of things like this isn't even a big deal but it is it is in that moment
2: for sure and you know what the thing is the issue was not the marker the issue was the relationship between the former principal and the superintendent at the time that was the whole issue of the whole deal and that's what made it such a big issue so from a thousand foot perspective or 30,000 foot perspective whatever you want to say and 11 years later 12 years later yeah of course I would handle it differently this is not a big deal. We'll figure it out. Coach, don't do this again. If you do this again, there'll be some consequences, right? But um, figure out a way to handle your emotions more appropriately. You're going to get bad officiating from time to time. And guess what? Superintendent and former principal, figure your stuff out. Don't let this stuff affect other people, right? I mean, I don't know. It's easy to say right now. And if I was in my superintendent's office here at my new school, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have that direct conversation. But but knowing what I know now. It's like, man, we made such a big deal out of such a small issue. It was unbelievable. So mm-hmm. I want to go back
1: to <clears throat> when you go purchase this shirt, which, you know, if you're like me at 25 or maybe me even now, maybe I'm trying to collect money just to try to figure out how I'm purchasing this shirt instead of going to the superintendent and say, hey, will you pay for it. <laughs> but what what was the interaction like when you took him the shirt and the handwritten apology? Who wrote the apology first? And two, what was that
2: interaction like when you presented it to him? So <clears throat> I hand wrote my apology. My coach just apologized to him. He had a little more history with the guy at the time. So, um, and that was the same thing. It was going to the principal's office as a young guy who this, this guy was my boss for one year before he left to go to this new school. so, You know, thinking at the time that he really liked me and thought I did a good job as a teacher and a coach in his building and now going to a spot where he was going listen up you idiot kid you know like you're not gonna you're not gonna behave that way at my new school kind of thing and it's like holy smoke so I was nervous of course um but you know and and again I don't think I think that he made it more of a deal than it should have been because of his relationship with the superintendent but um You know, at the start of it, it was pretty clear, like, yeah, hey, this isn't going to happen again in my in my building. But by the time it was all over with, it was a discussion that that was a discussion. And I think everybody very easily moved on after that. But once again, I think, you know, as we were having that discussion, you could just see the little smirk in his his face, like, you know, like he was he was ahead in the race. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, yeah, he, he got a win in his yes. mind. Yes. You Speaking know that, of wins,
0: Cole, did your team win that night? Did you get I don't, any I don't
2: win think off that? No, Aww. I don't think we did. <laughs> but and, and,
1: you know, you think about some takeaways from that from that story, and we've talked about how you'd look on it differently at this point than what you did in those that first or second year. But we're going to have people that listen to this that are in that first or second year that are trying to figure out, hey, maybe it's not a friend who's a coach. Maybe it's a more seasoned veteran coach who you have inherited as a leader. And does that dynamic change because of the relationship that you had, both with the former principal, who's the principal at the other school, and your coach now? What does that interaction become now, 11 years later, 12 years later, or if you're in it 20 or 30 years, what does that conversation look like? And I think that's a takeaway for any of our ADs that are listening to this to think, all right, life isn't as big as we make it out to be sometimes in our situations that maybe we have zero, zero control over. But it falls under our purvy as an athletic director that this coach reported to you, but you had absolutely nothing to do with any of the events. And yet you're the one taking the peace offering and trying to make things right.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you started that, that question off with, You know relationships, right? Like, anytime you go to somewhere new, or I I don't know, it's just the most, in my opinion, the absolute most paramount thing that you can do as an athletic administrator is develop relationships with people. Whether it's parents, whether it's coaches, and that's how you get to figure out how to best handle situations. If you establish a relationship with somebody, and you have to go through something difficult, even if it's a throwing a marker, or if it is you know, an accusation of something more, more difficult that you have to work through um, those, that foundation of the relationship that you build with that person is going to determine how you handle the scenario. So, um, you know, like you, you gave the scenario of a veteran coach, you know, depending on a lot of the other X factors the scenarios on how that would unfold. If this guy's, if this coach has a history of, you know, blow ups and games because of bad officiating, then we handle it differently than if it's a first time mistake, you know, Um, but, but I think that again, the 10 year in the position helps kind of see it from that big, big viewpoint and going like, this is not the most important thing in the world. And, you know, you kind of have that compared to what mentality, like we'll get through this just like we do everything else. And we'll go from there. And and looking back on it now, 11, 12 years later,
1: you're thinking I made a big deal out of something that was really a simple oh. molehill. It wasn't a mountain. It was a little molehill and I I worried myself to death about something that really was not a big deal and I think that's a big takeaway for me is that sometimes we get so worked up in our position about a scenario that really isn't that big. Maybe it's big in the moment, but in the grand scheme of things it's not really that big.
2: No, and that's that's something I have I have told myself a lot this year and and other people around me too. I, I have I'm good friends with a an AD just about 25 minutes away. It's her first year as an athletic administrator. And it's like, this is not high school sports are high school sports. Like, it's not the most important thing in the entire universe that you have to worry about. Like, and she's getting beat up a little bit because we're in a COVID scenario and a difficult community. And it's like, man, just take a deep breath. Like life will go on. This is such a small little scope of who you are it's not even who you are. It's what you do. You don't need to worry this as much as you're putting that, that worry effort into it.
1: So if I take a marker right now and I spill it on my white shirt, do I get to blame you? Cause it happens in a podcast. Or are
2: you going to buy me a new white shirt? Cole? Or is that something I, I just got to chuck <clears throat> up and not happen? I'll say, hey, let me get that white shirt. I'll try and clean it off. And then you'll see me walking down the street <laughs> with it on a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I think I
1: think you, your point about relationships is really good and really spot on because I'm in Arkansas. You're in Washington. But I can pick up the phone or I can text you and say, hey, Cole, I'm dealing with this. And we have a relationship where you can say, hey, I, I would look at it this way. Um and I think that's, that's what's really cool about our, our profession is that we got connections all across the country. And we may not be dealing with the exact same thing in the exact same community, but there's advice that can come and there's a relationship there where I can, I mean, I've texted you several times uh, and I texted our group and just said, hey, we're dealing with this. How would you look at it and maybe get a different perspective? And I think that's pretty cool about our profession, but that goes back to the relationship part of that. Where you can pick up the phone and make a phone call and say, "I'm dealing with this, I value your input. Share with me
2: what you would think there's a There's a lot of great things <clears throat> that came about with that n i a a cohort and I think you just hit probably the most important thing is discussing scenarios and going seeing what other people put as like you know essentially the foundation of it is you write a post and then you follow up to people's posts, right so hearing what you wrote and then looking at your posts on how on the feedback that you give how much learning that's, that's crazy amount of learning, like how you would handle a scenario or, or what you might do a little bit differently or whatever. Like that was probably the the biggest takeaway for me was hearing from people who I trust now and what their perspectives were and you take them or you leave them. But like you just said, now having that ability to go, Hey, Nathan, Hey, Dustin, Hey, whoever Meg, what what do you think about this scenario? Talk me through this and how you would handle it. And that's,
0: and that's one of the things I really love about, um you know the, the our structure of our podcast is it it's the whole the idea is that the whole country has similar you know scenarios and we can all learn it from each other and each other's experiences so um yeah i know i think it's i think it's great and i think that's probably the number one learning tool that ADs need in order to get well, through especially their beginning years
1: and, and i think it's important for our people to be able to listen and say hey Man, I like listening to Cole, and I think he, I I share some of the mindset that he has. Maybe I'd like to pick his brain, and maybe they reach out and they reach out to Cole and say, "Hey, Cole, I listen to you, and I don't know you from Adam, or you don't know me from Adam, but I value your insight on things. And how would you do this? And maybe that's a network that we're building, and hopefully through the podcast we're able to do that. So <clears throat> I appreciate you sharing that story. Do you have another one with us, Cole, that you want to? Maybe it's not your story that we talked about before, but- <clears throat> Maybe a, a story that uh, won't get us in trouble with PETA, but uh,
2: a story that maybe you dealt with that I'm intrigued by. Yeah, for sure. Um, but before I get there, I want to just say how important, like you just said, us creating that that uh, community of support systems, right? There's a reason why the lifespan of an athletic administrator is, what, three years or something like that? Or at least maybe that's just in Washington. But No, it's three to five. Be- nationwide, it's three to five. Yeah. It's because people don't have support systems. Like I have three of my best friends are my, my coworkers, my co-administrators in this building. And if I need to go shut the door and vent or say a couple of swear words or whatever it needs to be, they're there for me and we'll get through it together. Like there's not uh yeah, I'm not, I'm not on an Island. That's the thing. I think, I think we, we fail to realize as athletic administrators, sometimes we think we're doing it all by ourselves, but there's a lot of people there to support you
0: well and and I just want to capitalize on what you just said because you feel like you're on an island because you're the only one on your campus, mm-hmm. so there isn't sometimes you know it's not as easy to talk to maybe your coworkers because they don't understand the policies that we need to follow or why we have to do something so so it is very easy to feel alone on your campus, but you, you just have to know and you have to make the effort to know that you can you can reach out to people in your area or across the country and, and, and go to conferences. So that's just so important.
2: Sure. <clears throat> well, this next story, you guys, so mm-hmm. it, I mean, the story is going to unfold and you got to picture it exactly how you're going to picture it. Cause that's exactly mm-hmm. how it looked. I was not the athletic administrator at this event, but it was at my school prior to my arrival. And uh, we, we played a school it's a couple hours away. Um, and there happened to be some uh, uh <laughs> without giving too much information away some nuclear ties to that school and so some of our student body showed up in hazmat suits uh to kind of reemphasize the the fan experience with our student body and um they were not transparent hazmat suits they were white and so uh nobody did any looking into it and so what what they brought in, however, came came to light shortly after the game started when they let the chickens. Wait, so kids pop- just
0: are? I just, wait, wait, I just gotta be, set the stage here. So kids are just like walking into the ticket line, wearing like hazmat suits, and everyone's like, "All right,
2: we're <laughs> <I'm> just gonna." <laughs> well, the student, yeah, the student theme that day apparently lent itself to. Uh, to, to somehow, some way, come during these hazmat suits. Now, was it a hazmat suit or was it a beekeeper suit? I don't think I'll ever know. But that, <laughs> the whole premise was to to wear a hazmat suit, and so unfortunately, what what wasn't known at the time was that they were smuggling in chickens in those hazmat suits. And when the opportune time came, they unzipped the hazmat suits, and out come the chickens to run all over the, the basketball floor. And the <laughs> sure. <AD. laughs> Andy at the time is now on the basketball floor in front of the whole crowd chasing down these chickens (laughs) and trying to get them off the floor so how uh, many
0: chickens were there
2: I think there was a total of six chickens that were smuggled in (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah
2: let let me ask I'm gonna ask some obvious
1: questions (laughs) Um, or maybe obvious to me in my mind but number one that's not something, you don't have a chicken detector. Like there's metal detectors. <laughs> uh, and so you don't have that in your thought process of, hey, this could really happen. Uh, you, I mean, looking back on it, you think about, I mean, obviously you weren't the administrator at that time, but you think about being in that situation. And what do you do? How do you prevent that from happening? I don't know if that you can. I mean, you got to give creativity points to the students for figuring out, hey, but but how do the, my second question is, how in the world do you keep them still long
2: enough to so nobody knows that there's chickens inside of you? That's a fantastic point. It must have had a <laughs> real quick entry into the gym so that nobody can hear any sounds or anything like that. But you know what? We do, like I told you before, we live in a farming community. So, you know, some of these kids are really well-skilled on how to hand, handle chickens, you know? <laughs> That's so,
0: a <laughs> valid point. <laughs>
2: You would think the talons think or something you're...
1: would be scratching uh-huh. you or
0: something. Well, when listening to your story, my first thought wasn't, "Oh, they're smuggling in animals." That was not my first thought. Yeah. So, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Kudos to the kids for their their creativity. But yeah, you, I mean, you can't necessarily, I guess, to your point, Dustin, um, screen for chickens. Like that's not something you do.
1: When you think about, even going back to Becky's story about when the streaker happened, I mean, if you're that athletic administrator and all of a sudden there's chickens on the floor, what in the world do you do? That is not a class you've attended of how to wrangle chickens. Um, you know, you I just imagine being that person and saying, oh, here's a major issue. We got not just one, but six chickens running around here. And it probably from the administrator, it felt like probably 60 trying to figure out how am I going to corral all this? Well, a game still needs to go on. Oh, and by the way, everybody's laughing at you because you're chasing chickens. I'm thinking back to Rocky. And when he was trying <laughs> to
2: catch chickens back in the day um, of the Rocky movie, what that was like for that administrator. I hear the I hear the clown music in my head, right? While I'm out there trying to wrangle these chickens, it's the <laughs> it's the clown music that's playing behind you.
0: And I feel yeah. this happened a bit ago. This wasn't recent, right? Oh yeah, this
2: was probably ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah.
0: Can you imagine if this happened now? That would have been all over social media. Yeah, yeah. And you you would have been scrouched over.
2: Everybody <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow.
1: everybody yeah. would have been out.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: the oh. the memes that would come out of that now, just from not, you not know good. whether you're chasing it <laughs> and. You failed to catch the thing and, you know, do you enlist help? Are you trying to, I mean, what do you use to catch them? I'm just trying to figure out how I would handle that now. Where do you put them after you catch them? Yeah. What do you do with them?
2: so i've thought about this extensively you guys I swear. I've, thought about okay. I've got a plan if anybody brings chickens back into our gym okay. okay we've got to create the wall we've got doors at one end of our gym and we're just going to force them out those doors and then they become free-range chickens right they, they can just free-range whole chicken plan
1: yeah you got it so you're not calling you're not calling colonel sanders trying to get him there no I mean, that'd be on social media, too. Yeah, that would be, too. Uh, Or Chick-fil-A or anybody. But I think that I I tried to process just, you know, you got emergency action plans. You've got things that you deal with if it's weather, if there's a bomb threat. But not not any part of me prior to today has thought about, well, I can't say prior to today.
0: I was just going to say. Last week,
1: I can't say that. I didn't have. I don't have a wildlife management plan, um, especially indoors. I'm not thinking about that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so for for uh, everyone listening, I think it's important for you guys to know that um, last week I got a, a a text from Dustin, and it feels very appropriate to bring up right now that he had um, bats in his gymnasium, and he was running around with towels trying to catch bats. So indoor animal problems is a theme this week apparently um but 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 it can be very real um both of those are i don't know i would have to really think about how i was going to handle that those aren't things that i've had to experience thankfully but i'm sure um there has been ad's who are listening that are like oh yeah <laughs> tell you about my animal
1: but think about putting yourself in that spot what do you do if you're an administrator what do you do and Cole, if you're in that situation, I know you got a chicken plan now because you thought this through, <laughs> but if that happened, <laughs> how do you implement said plan without everybody else panicking or laughing or shrieking or whatever they're doing to get, there, there'll be some people that are just highly afraid of whatever animal that is, and then you've got to remain calm as the administrator, and that, that may be a synopsis of our athletic administrator role is you got to remain calm in spite
2: of the chaos. Well, I think you hit it right on the head. Like, yeah, I got a chicken plan, but how many, how many colleges and high schools are still using live mascots, right? Like you're a bulldog Dustin. I'm a bulldog too. And for year, my first couple of years, one guy loved to bring his bulldog as the unofficial mascot. And I finally had to say, you can't bring that dog anymore because what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, Colorado Buffaloes, they run a bison out on the, on the football field, like what happened? That's a huge, that's a multi-thousand pound animal. What's going to happen if, if it gets out of control? You know, I don't know. Those, those scenarios scare me to be honest with you. Like for those people that are using live mascots.
1: You're not taking one for the team. If, if Ralphie runs at you, you're not standing exactly. there taking a charge in that bill. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, just, I think about, I mean, and I live in Arkansas and we've got things schools that are the sand lizards, um, you know, but what if somebody brought a lot of those in a rivalry game? I'm sure people have thought of some of those things and just turned all those loose. Um, so don't give them ideas. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to give <laughs> ideas, but I just think about that stuff and especially parlaying on what Cole's talking about. These are very real possibilities of things that could happen. Now there is no possible way I can come up with every scenario. And if we rewinded this story back before whoever the administrator was at that point of that school, I am sure they never had a chicken plan. You know, what if a student brings this chicken? Um, But I think that shows the flexibility that we have to have as administrators, the calm and the chaos, but also being able to be flexible and think outside the box of stuff that may happen. Um, I had kids ask me last week, Hey, can we, can we turn off, can we pull the fire alarm if we win what what part of you makes you think that's a great idea and i think back to I, i'm thinking to to cole's story both of his stories really um but this chicken story at what point do those kids think this is a really good idea
2: you know it's it's a great question um i'm sorry I- And and the only thing I can say is that uh, as athletic administrators, we control every detail that we possibly can, Mm -hmm. yet there is, you know, that's 25% of your, of your game day or of your season or whatever. There's 75% of your year that you have no control over. You have no control over the officials, the weather, what students bring into the gym for crying out loud, you know, but we're talking about adolescent brains. If there's one person who's made me think deeply about how I interact with adolescents, I, I feel like I do that well anyway, but Jeremy Boone, man, that guy made me think, how does, how do kids think? How do kids think? What is a kid thinking here? And sometimes they're not thinking much. So, right. you know, the, uh, the, the decision-making process doesn't necessarily last very long. It's just like, yeah, let's do this you know, on impulse, you know? Well, and well, I think I, an
0: important, important takeaway from this is definitely for all 80s out there, if you have not done this yet, you should have um, your local wildlife management phone number in your phone. That is a number um, that I had in my phone for after. what prompted me to do that and put it in there. And then wherever school I went to, I made sure I had the updated number. Was um, I got a call over the radio and there was an alligator on the tennis court they're like you handle
1: that i'm out of alligators
0: (laughs) sorry what did you say i couldn't quite hear you (laughs) (laughs) so um i mean just just us three in completely different areas the the bottom line is have wildlife management number saved into your phone because you're gonna need it one day
2: seriously hopefully never for alligators Right,
1: yeah, Mark Rarick would agree with you. I mean, he was on this before, and he said, "Yeah, Danielle may have great weather, but she's that alligators. You still got to deal with that." (laughs) Um, And I got to deal with mosquitoes that are you can saddle. I mean, the world's a little different in each part of the world, obviously, and you're dealing with different things. But I would have never thought I'd have to deal with bats. You would never thought, "Hey, I got to deal with chickens." And you didn't have that scenario. It's another story, but it paints a picture for wherever we're at. That's a very real possibility that students whose mindset may be that quick. Hey, that's a great thought. Let me run with that. Instead of where the three of us may sit back and say, let me think about every angle of this and think that that's a good idea. No, that's not a good idea at all. Our adult brain may be a little different. Now, sometimes I may be like that 17-year-old boy in the way he thinks and thinks, ah, that'd be so much fun if we did that. We are laughing about it right now. (laughs) I mean, I can laugh right now because it didn't happen to me. Well, as far as chickens are concerned, i deal with bats and that's a whole nother thing. Um, But Cole, as as you think about the pen that wasn't your issue And now a chicken story that wasn't really your issue, but it could happen. Realistically, the the result of what happened with the pen being thrown down was nothing that you did, but your job was to fix it, not necessarily fix the pen and make it right. You had to fix the situation. And I think that's what we do as administrators. We've got to fix whatever problem there is, identify the problem, solve it. And sometimes that's that quick. Sometimes we've got to make that decision so quick to make everything right. And that's the question I got with the bats. Hey, where were you? And I'm thinking, there's not a class I've taken that says, this is what you do when bats break out in your gym. There's not one LTI, and I'm not going to write one of those, but there's not anything that has trained you to be prepared for that situation. There is no class, I'm, I'm willing to bet, there's no class that you've taken that says, Hey Cole, when your coach does this, you do this. Um, There's nothing that really prepares you for that. You just got to solve the problem. Um, If lights go out at your stadium, what do you do? Yeah, and you've got to solve that. I have an emergency
0: plan. Yeah, I have an emergency plan for that.
1: (laughs) It's it's amazing to me. We had lights go out at our facility one time, and by the time I got from the press box to the football field. I had about 18 people say, do you know the lights are out? (laughs) So we had 18 electricians all of a sudden, like, no, I had no idea those were out. But then I've got to solve the problem (laughs) and fix it. So, um, you know, it's amazing as an administrator, just what you've got to do and how you've got to handle that. And I'm interested to hear just your perspective now, 12 years into this profession, we've talked about the lifespan being so short but you're 12 years into it. Now you look back on some of these scenarios and maybe some of those situations have helped you prepare for what may be coming yet.
2: Thousand percent. Yes. And you hit it right on the head with the stadium lights going out. That happened to me probably five or six years ago and, uh, you know, had, had no plan in place. And now, and now it's, now we do, you know what I mean? Like it just, you react to these scenarios and each one of them kind of prepares you a little differently But then on top of that too, the chicken story wasn't mine. It was, it was a a friend of mine. Right. And so hearing his chicken story now has me prepared to handle chickens in the gym. Like it's, it's in the back of the, it's in the back of the brain and it's stored there in case it ever happens, pray to God it doesn't. But um, you know, like you said, there's just, these experiences all somewhat weirdly prepare you to handle some of these different challenges. And, you know, we're just scratching the surface and a lot of it's funny But there's some really serious scenarios that you got to work through too. And those serious scenarios are, are those things that prepare you too. you know, never thought I'd have to deal with the coach misconduct situation been through that, you know? Um, But like you said, there's no, I got, I got my master's degree in school administration. There is not one single course that prepared me for athletic administration when I got my principal degree. Right. I mean, it all happened on the job. I learned it all on the job. So I love the LTIs because they give you bits and pieces, but like you said, there's no LTI that says alligator removal from the tennis court, bat removal from the gym. Like it doesn't, doesn't do that. Yeah.
1: You know, Larry, the cable guy, I'll reference him just because I can relate to his mindset, but it's similar to the alligator on the tennis court. If you want to put, you know, he talks about shark bite suits. And whose idea was it to jump in there first and say, hey, this is a great idea. I'm going to let a shark bite me and see if this thing works. But Larry the Cable Guy says, you put that shark in the Walmart parking lot, I'll take it on every day. But you put me in the ocean, not doing it. I'm not getting in there Uh with a shark. I'm not getting on his territory. Uh, And so I would have to think with an alligator, I don't know what his territory really is. Like if he's dead, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> then, I'll, then i'll take him on but I'll, i'm not getting on a, t- a tennis court golf course in a yeah. swamp none of that stuff and they're daniel harmless, you may guys. you may they're have expertise.
0: i was gonna say they're harmless. <laughs> they're not as bad as you think and i was at the in the center of the state then so they're a little bit more dominant now i'm over on the coast so we're more concerned about those sharks i'd say over here but uh yeah no it's in our in our in our our tennis court was completely fenced in. So like, and he couldn't figure out where the gates were to get out. And he was massive. There are there pictures. Cause it wasn't good. Um, it wasn't good. And, and the court alligator, cause the courts were so hot. They were so hot. Like he wanted out of there so badly and he just couldn't figure it out. So yeah, it wasn't exactly a, a fun memory, but, but it happened. And uh, the wildlife number is an important number to have.
1: Well, Happy Gilmore would say he's, he was mad because he got all of them teeth and no toothbrush. So maybe that's what he was mm-hmm. looking for. <laughs> <a toothbrush. laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much, Cole, for being with us today. Um, it was awesome talking to you. And I am probably going to, you know, steal a form of your Cole chicken plan. I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. Great speaking with you. And um, Dustin, you need to deal with your bats. Get that under control.
1: Unfortunately, we're still <laughs> dealing with that. But, man, Cole, I appreciate you jumping on here, and I appreciate your stories because I think they're they're learning environments for everybody, but you've got some nuggets of wisdom in here that you can go back and look at as well for, for your own personal growth and for anybody that may listen to this podcast has an opportunity to say, let me evaluate some things and say, and that really happened to somebody. Um, and Doug Kilgore tells me all the time, learn from others' mistakes because you're not going to make them all yourself. Um, you just can't make them all yourself. So I'm not saying it was a mistake that you had to deal with or that you did, but it's a it's a situation that happened that I get to learn from. So I appreciate that insight that you provided, and I thank you for taking a chance on on us, uh, giving us a chance to, to laugh with you, uh, not at you, but laugh with you in these stories that you've shared with us today
2: cole thank you guys i love this platform um i'm glad to connect with you guys it's so much fun hanging out i can't wait to do it in person again sometime soon
0: great awesome thank you cole and thank you to tickets ticket for making today's episode happen